Talking Dharma podcast, the podcast where we attempt to demystify classical spiritual teachings and apply them to modern day living. I'm your host, Kristen Coyle. Today's episode is called Trust Yourself, and I'm inspired to talk about the self-worth issue I see percolating around in so many amazing people that I encounter on a day-to-day basis. I've noticed it's an epidemic, actually. Every single person I know, incredibly gifted, creative, liberated on some level, people are struggling daily with self-worth issues. And I firmly believe that a lot of our self-worth issues come from the indoctrination we receive from religion and they come from the inculturation if you will that we receive from our closest family and society at large self-worth issues stem from a belief system that we're not worthy unless we achieve fill in the blank Whenever someone is struggling with self-worth issues, it's often actually the ego attempting to stifle this divine light that naturally radiates out of us. When I observe small children, they're naturally play, they're naturally joyous. There's no self-worth issue at hand. But what happens over time is through our conditioning, that we've been brought into just from being alive and interacting with others, we learn that we are unworthy unless we do X, Y, Z. Think about it. As a child, if you don't do your chores, you might not get your allowance. And not getting your allowance means you don't get to have ice cream and everyone else in the family does. And what this brings up is a feeling of guilt. It's a feeling of, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve to exist. And that's just one example. Think about it in the scenario of a relationship. The wife is happy with the husband if he does the dishes or fixes her car. But if her husband doesn't get to that task that day, the wife will be the opposite. She'll be unhappy or even grudgeful towards the husband. And either through passive aggressive behavior or outright aggressive behavior, she'll guilt trip the husband. And then the husband will begin to feel unworthy in the relationship. And then how does that translate in their ability to connect? Next thing you know, the husband's asking the wife to do something and she doesn't want to cooperate or go along with it because he didn't do what she asked him. And it turns into this huge ego battle. So in my opinion, self-worth issues stem from the ego thinking it's the one in charge. And the ego is not all bad. The ego helps us form who we are out in the world. The ego is part of our persona, which makes us unique. But that desire to be unique is strictly an ego desire. The desire to stand out or be better than anyone else at something is actually the ego running the show. If we step into our hearts... And if we step out of our heads as well, if we get out of the logical mind, which tells us we need to be a certain way to be worthy of fill in the blank, 
then suddenly we get ensnared in this vicious cycle of always trying to achieve more. And anytime we achieve something, whether it's getting a job promotion or advancing your yoga practice, maybe nailing the handstand in the middle of the room, or feeling your feet touch your head for the first time in a backbend, whatever it may be, these, we begin to become addicted to our achievements. And this addiction to always achieving, to always making strides, although it can be very motivating and helpful, it gives our life purpose, it can also be really detrimental to our own emotional well-being. Because the moment we feel like we're not achieving something, even just to lay down for an hour nap, I've noticed sometimes that I'll feel guilty about it because I have a huge to-do list and I need to accomplish those tasks. But it's only us who puts the pressure of a timeline on ourselves. Now, if you work in a corporate world or you have other circumstances that tell you, all right, this is the time it has to be done, that's a slightly different story. But I'm talking about this continual guilt trip that seems to run through my mind and so many other people I know and love's mind that any time we go to receive a non-achievement-based experience in life, there's this little nagging voice in the back of our heads that says, you're not good enough to receive this. There's this little nagging voice that says, well, you can't fully relax because you haven't done this, this, and this. And that little nagging voice is the saboteur. It's self-sabotage of the ego. Because anytime we get caught up in needing to achieve and get things done, although at times, again, it can be helpful, when we go into overdrive on this, when we just live our whole life around making one achievement to another, if we live our whole life based on needing to be satisfied through our outward action in the world, then we start to be met with this great spiritual emptiness residing within ourselves. Because the amazing thing is, the more, at least for me, the more I achieve, the more acknowledgement I receive, perhaps, for my writing, or the more money I have in the bank from working really hard, or the more days that, you know, I practice, the more I achieve, the more I get addicted to achieving more. And you might say, well, you're a type A personality, but not really. And so I can only imagine what it's like for someone who literally cannot find any peace holding still. I can feel that happen in myself as well. If I've been really busy all week, when I finally slow it down and go to hold still, Immediately, my mind starts looking for other things to do to busy myself so I don't have to sit with what I feel. If it's uncomfortable, especially, this comes up. But amazingly enough, this program that my mind runs on of always needing to get to the next thing is this program that doesn't stop. This achievement-based program 
that so many of our minds are always set on doesn't allow us to simply sit with ourselves sometimes. It doesn't allow us to become comfortable in the great void of stillness, in the great void of emptiness that is within us, yet it's incredibly full at the same time. But the stillness that we are met with when we take time to slow down and give ourselves the opportunity to slow down is this feeling of not being worthy. And this feeling of not being worthy is not something that we are guilty of. It's something that perhaps we can take a look at and constantly make an effort to not let it run our lives. Last night, I was at a beautiful gathering where my partner and a couple of other DJs were playing music. And there was a young girl, probably in her early 20s or even late teens, who actually was DJing. And she did a really beautiful job. And afterwards, she came up and was talking to me and told me that she's really terrified every time she goes up there. And, you know, she doesn't really quite feel like she's very good. And she's amazed when people start dancing to her music. And I'm here thinking, wow, her music was so good. Her energy was so beautiful with the way she conducted playing her set. Yet still, she feels not fully worthy to be up there playing music to the point that she's surprised when people are dancing to it. And what this shows me is that no matter what it may look like from the outside, we never know what's going on in someone else's mind. That's stating the obvious, of course. But especially around the self-worth issues that so many of us encounter. What happens, I believe, at least for myself, is I see other people who look like they're so natural doing what they're doing. They look so comfortable and so confident. And I think to myself, why can't I be like that? And then interestingly enough, these same people whom I admire and respect will tell me they think the same thing about me. It's kind of ironic. Everyone's out there in the world sharing their gifts, doing the best they can to share their gifts. Yet there's this little voice inside most of us saying, ah, who are you to do this? Maybe you should stand back. And that little voice has stopped me so many times from pursuing certain dreams I've had. But the beauty of it is, is that if we get comfortable sitting with ourselves, slowing down, sitting with that feeling of emptiness, if it's there within you, and not trying to fill it, not trying to run from it, then we get to meet our self-worth issues face to face. We get to sit with the idea of if I feel unworthy to even take a one-hour nap, even during the busiest work week, then where else do I feel unworthy in this life? Where, where do I feel unworthy for love? Where do I make others feel unworthy of receiving love? Because it's all a mirror. 
whatever we feel unworthy of, we often will create those same feelings of unworthiness in those that are closest to us. Whatever we perceive inside of ourselves is also what we project out into the world. So when we willingly sit with the self-worth issues and not try to blame it on any experience we've had out in the world, then suddenly they begin to fall away because we just practice getting comfortable with ourselves. We've all heard the saying, be your own best company. And it's not about keeping yourself entertained. It's not about distracting yourself from yourself. It's not like, okay, I'm going to be my own best company and watch movies all night. I mean, that might be what you need. But a lot of times when we're reaching out away from our creative energy, when we're reaching out away from maybe our spiritual practice, or studying something we've always wanted to learn, when we distract ourselves instead, then any stagnation within ourself and our mind, it gets to stay there. It, it gets to hide within the shadows of that entertained, distracted mind. And to me, distraction is dispersion of energy. When we are distracted, our potency, our creative potency, decreases. Whereas when we become in the habit of self-care, and I'm not talking just brushing your teeth and taking showers and doing your yoga practice even, but I'm talking about the habit of mental and emotional self-care, the willingness to read a book rather than watch a pointless movie, the willingness to write a poem you've always wanted to write, even if it doesn't sound good, just to try it out 10 times until you write the perfect poem. That's the willingness to tune into the divine force that's always around you and within you and begin to express it out in whatever way you feel. And a big remedy for self-worth issues, if you will, for me has always been that creative expression. It's a pointless thing, really, especially art. There's really not a lot of point to art. And if you try to make art just to make money, your art will be meaningless and dry, even if it's the most beautiful painting in the world. So sometimes just sitting and doing things that seem pointless to you have a really healing effect on this ambition-based mentality that so many of us have been indoctrinated with. How do I tie this all together? Ambition-based mentality creates self-worth issues. Because unless we're achieving something, unless we're seeing results, unless we're getting that instant gratification, then we feel like we're messing up in life. And this just so is not the case. Last year, I traveled to a remote Indonesian island where there are still over 400 dialects of the native language they speak. And the people there have a very different life. They still live in the tribal infrastructure for the most part. And one day I was down on the beach collecting shells. And all of the local people were on the beach collecting food off of the reef at low tide. And there were a lot of people down there collecting food. 
And despite, you know, probably the pressing desire to get food to feed their family, three women came up to me and started helping me collect the shells I was collecting. And they started really having fun with me. They were putting shells in my hands and then my hands were so full of shells, they were falling out on the ground and Every time a shell would fall, one of the women would bend over, pick it up, and put it back in my overfull hands. And it was really humbling for me because I thought, wow, I'm aggressive on my way to the grocery store just to pick up groceries for my family, my partner and I. These women have to pick food off the reef, and they're not even in a hurry. They're here with me. Suddenly they tuned into the joy of, wow, look at what this foreigner is doing, collecting these shells. Let's see what she's about. They remained open and loving. And the joy that I felt from being in their presence was really deep. It sits with me now. It probably will sit with me for a long time. And the beauty, and I realized it then too, which I'm grateful I had eyes to see it, was that they weren't being driven by ambition. They weren't being driven by the to-do list on their iPhone. They weren't being driven by the next Instagram post they needed to make to, quote, succeed. So they could, what, be worthy? It all ties together. Ambition and self-worth are totally tied into the ego. I'm not saying don't, be ambitious and fulfill your dharma, the path you know you're meant to walk in this life, the path that binds you together and keeps you alive in your purpose as a spiritual being embodied. But what I am saying is that if we let ambition rule our life, we will feel emptier and emptier as time goes on. And then when you've got that $10 million dollars, and the brand new car, and the second home, or whatever, you've got the fifth series of Ashtanga down, and you only live on air, I mean, either way, they're both two sides of the same coin, right? Suddenly, you're like, well, where am I in all this? It's amazing. We feel like we're clearing distractions, but we're replacing them with other distractions. And what I have begun to really feel from myself is that I cannot be doing things out in the world to feel worthy with inside of myself. That self-worth has to come from within. That self-worth has to come naturally without me needing to justify my existence. The reality is that because we all have the breath of life, we deserve to exist on this earth. Because we have the breath of life, we are absolutely entitled to dream. Whether we have the resources or the power to fulfill our dreams, it's another story. But, and... If we make all of our dreams and all of our life goals based on material things or subduing another human, a.k.a. marriage, (laughs) 
then suddenly, whenever all those things start to fall away, if they do, or when they do, we're back in the same place we started. So the idea, at least what I've been trying to live, is to seek within. When I make an intention list, sure, I'll write down my intentions. Certainly, for the material realm, I'll write down what I'm calling in with my teacher training school. And oftentimes, I'll advise my clients, write your intentions, get clear on what you want. But it can't stop there, you know? It's, it's got to be like, well, spiritually, what do I want? What do I really want for myself when I think about my soul's long game? And one of the main things is perhaps just to be okay with being. But even that is a desire. The need for anything is a desire. But what I've found, I'm not capable of fully dropping all of my desires yet. I actually enjoy having desires. I'm not done in this material realm. But I want to minimize how much my desires afflict me. Because whenever we don't get our desires fulfilled, we suffer. Whenever our desires get fulfilled, we suffer too sometimes. And it's not the answer. More things, more achievements, more watermarks in your career. Those things mean very little. The ego will be very pleased. But spiritually, where are we? You could be the greatest DJ in the world, for example, and still feel unworthy of being up there on the stage. You could be the greatest painter in the world and still feel like your art is never complete and that something is missing. Meanwhile, the whole world is admiring it in awe. Pieces are selling for a million dollars. I mean, just imagine, right? Yet, deep down, the artist doesn't feel worthy to even have their art seen. It sounds absurd. And yet, so many of us live with this. We do beautiful work in the world. We serve others through our love and through our heart path of what we actually do. So many of us do healing work or work that helps others have an enhanced sense of well-being and joy. And yet we feel like we bring so little, even when we're bringing everything we've got. And this is that instant gratification, insatiable mentality. It's saying, well, what I have isn't enough. It's not good enough. But whatever you have, whatever's coming out of you, out into the world, is absolutely good enough. Because if it wasn't, it would not be flowing through you. How can we say something is not good enough when it is an emanation of the divine force? Even if it's something that we are disappointed in. For example, if I teach a yoga class and think to myself later, oh, wow, that sequence was really missing a twist right there. It really needed a twist and if I obsess over that, it's going to stop me from teaching. It's going to become this huge barb in my creative foot. And I won't be able to move forward. So overanalyzing is a huge thing in the self-worth game as well. 
You know, if we let our mind go there, it's going to go there. The mind is like a computer. It totally scans and repeats over and over. You know, and that's really what memory is. Scan, repeat. Scan, replay. If we let our memories rule us, then suddenly everything from the past, every trauma, is constantly replayed in our day-to-day life. And when we allow that, and some of us have had way worse trauma, and it takes a lot to get through this, so please know I'm not underestimating anyone's severe trauma. But if we allow our traumas to define us wholly, then we are not able to meet the present moment with a wide open heart. And for some of us that serves, some of us are not fully feeling safe to open our heart. But if we stay closed off to life, the risk is much greater. What is the risk, you ask? The risk is that as we close ourselves down more and more, we become incapable of receiving the joy that life is. No matter what we have been through in this lifetime, I truly feel that every single one of us is capable of tuning into the sense of joy that is within the moment at hand. In this present moment, all is well. If we allow ourselves to feel that and allow ourselves to digest that feeling, then suddenly we stop needing to justify our very existence. Because as long as we are caught up in justifying our existence, over-explaining our mistakes when we make them, apologizing for doing nothing at all, then we're going to always feel unworthy. The major world religions have made it so that the majority of humanity is indoctrinated with the lack of self-worth. Whenever I go to see my family's tradition, one of the prayers says, Forgive me, for I am not worthy. Forgive me, for I have sinned. Forgive me. I'm thinking, forgive me for what? For existing? This God that we're supposedly talking to is the reason behind my existence. Why am I apologizing to existence for my very existence? It sounds crazy, but where else do I do this? Where else do you do this? Where else do you apologize for your very existence? And if you find yourself doing that, perhaps ask yourself, why am I apologizing for existing? And if we begin to look at this deeply, it's like, wait a minute, who told us that our very existence is wrong? People who are interested in shutting down the heart. Because as long as we have a self-worth issue, a lack of self-worth, we won't shine our light fully. As long as we allow the self-worth demon, if you will, 
rule our lives, we're never going to have the courage to fulfill our heart's deepest desires. And so it's a catch. It's like, don't get caught up in your desires and your ambitions. Don't let that justify your worthiness. And at the same time, don't let your lack of self-worth justify why you're not fulfilling your deepest dreams and desires. It's a total paradox, as is almost all spirituality, if you really look at it. If we allow our lack of self-worth to justify our, or excuse why we're not doing something, then it's like we're resigning ourselves to the conditioning society gave us. It's like giving up on life. Whenever we excuse ourselves away as to why we're not doing something, even though we're perfectly capable of doing it and we've always wanted to do it, we are essentially shutting down our creative force. And we are also shutting down our connection to to the divine current. And as long as those energy connect, connection points are shut down, we feel empty. And when we feel empty, when we don't feel our connection to the divine, what we search for is our connection to the material realm. We become more obsessed with having things in the material realm. Because what we begin to think is that Whenever I have that fancy car or whenever I have achieved this in my meditation practice, when I can sit for three hours straight without being disturbed, you know, whatever it is that we think we need to be worthy or to be whole, when we get that, we instantly, if we are aware, are met with the realization that achieving that thing did not and could not make us feel whole. If we drown in striving, then the striving is always going to say, you're not good enough. Whereas if we work towards radical self-acceptance, meaning I accept and love myself no matter what, even if I make mistakes, even if my self-worth is on the floor and I don't feel like I'm worthy of doing my my thing, whatever it is, for me, it's teaching yoga, even if I don't feel worthy of being up there, you know what, I'm going to go up there and do it anyway. That used to be a big thing for me when I first started teaching yoga. My achievement list I had for being a worthy yoga teacher, you know, wasn't all checked off the list yet. But yet I was compelled to teach and I trusted that. Whenever it came time for me to teach yoga, I did not feel like I deserved to be up there guiding people. But there was a voice within my own head, my own heart, that said, no, this is what you need to do. This is your gift to the world. And I'm so grateful I trusted that. And the amazing thing is, if we can truly get out of our own way, if we can say, all right, ego, I see you there. I hear what you're saying but then we trust our higher intuition instead, then we won't ever be disappointed in ourselves. If we let our self-worth or our lack of self-worth stop us from sharing our gifts with the world, then we come to regret it. 
as life goes on, we come to see how beautiful and worthy we actually were. Even if we didn't feel that way at the time. That's why they say fake it till you make it. I say just keep creating it. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you want to bring in or share with the world, trust yourself. Trust that as long as that energy is flowing through you and asking to be shared and released to the ethers, allow it. Don't be the dam that stops the river from flowing. Be the flow. Get in the river. Let it take you. Let your creative force guide you if you are able to. And if you are not able to, work on the self-acceptance bit. Work on just sitting and laying and doing nothing. And even set a timer. If you need a timer to force yourself to do nothing, okay, 20 minutes of doing nothing. And just sit and feel the moment. Feel the breath. Feel the heart beating. The blood flowing through the body. And something beautiful will happen. You'll surrender to that feeling. And there's something really beautiful about just sitting and being. Suddenly, at least for me, I realize everything is okay. There's always this feeling of love behind it all. You know, even anger. There's If we sit with it and strip it away, there's a feeling of love behind it. And this feeling of love is something that if we lean into it enough, suddenly we become full. We feel the love within us, no matter what we've achieved that day or what failures we've been met with. We feel the love within us. So when we get in the habit of self-acceptance, letting our creative force flow through us, allowing ourselves to feel connected with the divine, and I mean by the divine all of existence, then suddenly self-worth is not a question. We know we are worthy. We don't even have to justify, I am worthy. It all just falls away. The whole story drops. Whenever we allow our heart to guide us, rather than a driving list of ambitions, possibly put in our heads by others, then suddenly we feel satisfied with life because we know that we are trusting our own guidance. We are trusting our own internal compass. And being able to trust yourself is one of the most valuable things you can do for the world. Because the more you trust yourself, the more you will be able to share your gifts with the world. And that's what we all really need right now. We need to share our gifts, perhaps. Because the alternative to not sharing our gifts is that we're hiding. And why would we hide? Why would we keep it to ourselves if we feel called to share it? In my opinion, the only reason why is because we wouldn't feel worthy or we wouldn't feel that our offerings are good enough. But no matter what it is, if you feel called to do it, it's kind of like bungee jumping. You just like one, two, three, and jump. Leap and your wings will catch you. Trust yourself. Osho says, Thinking no thing will limited self unlimit.
Get out of your head. Trust the feeling and go with it. Whenever we become deeply present, all perceived limitations of the mind fall away. And we realize once and for all, we've totally got it. Thank you so much for listening to Walking Dharma. Aloha.